in space. No one can hear you scream. Well, they forgot to hire the boom operator that day, and there was no mic, and so there was just no audio in space, because nobody can hear you scream anyhow. Anyhow, welcome to the Prop History Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Prop History Podcast. I am Mike. I'm Greg. And we talk about movie props, mostly. Sometimes. Yeah, a lot of times it's just us rambling about nonsense. But either way, uh, today we're going to tell you the story of the 1979 sci-fi masterpiece, Alien. Hold on. Yeah. Is it a sci-fi movie or is it a horror movie? It's sort of yes. Because I would say it's my favorite horror movie. I wouldn't call it my favorite horror movie. I would call it my favorite sci-fi horror movie. Okay. But then that's not true either because it's not my it's my favorite sci-fi film. But f- shit, we're running into weird territory here because there's a lot of movies that fall into sci-fi and horror that I really like. It's my favorite horror movie. You know what? I'm going to put it But in what a- is Jaws? Is Jaws a horror movie? I think that's more of a thriller, isn't it? Yeah. It's not really horror. Because it's my favorite movie. Yeah. My favorite movie of all time is The Thing from 1982. Yeah, we have to do that. Oh, yeah, we got to yeah, do that yeah, one. Yeah. 100%. I got all kinds of stories about that guy. But anyway, 1979's The Thing. Uh, no. No? Alien. No, we are doing Alien, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, oh, yeah. I jumped ahead. Ha, 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 schmuck. <laughs> this is how our podcast always goes. 1979's Alien. <laughs> Directed by Ridley Scott and starring Sigourney Weaver, Yafit Kato, Veronica Cartwright, Tom Skerritt, Ian Holm, excuse me, Sir Ian Holm, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, uh, and it's amazing. Everything about it is beautiful. I, I, yes, I agree, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, it's funny, like, when I first discovered I discovered it because of a prop, really. Really? Which one? Uh, the, the motion tracker. Really? Or, yeah. I don't know anything about the motion tracker. Tell me about it. So, uh... <laughs> There's there's this alien that's on the ship, and they're trying to find the alien, so they rig up this box to be able to track it by motion. Oh, do you mean the one made from an old Ranger 505 TV? Yeah, that that's one. That's the one. And so, so here's the story about that for me, is that um, when I first started dating my wife, she was living in Michigan, and I was visiting her, and we were walking through an antique store, and I saw an old television, and um, a little toy, small, handle, carry thing. Yeah, I'm not explaining this well. No, you're doing fine. Uh, it's a podcast. Nobody knows. Yeah, who gives a shit? Uh, so, but I saw this, and I'm like, oh, my God, I think that's the thing from that movie. And she's like, and I'm like, so I get home, and I research what what TV it was, and I'm like, can you go back there and look at it? And uh, she did, and it wasn't the right one, but it kind of made me obsessed with building the the motion tracker and uh to do that meant watching alien over and over and over again oh no that's terrible i uh totally fell in love with the movie because of that prop just because of the prop that's actually the first prop from alien that i ever built and i i'm trying to remember what it was i think it was was it you that like got me started doing that it was actually it had because, me. yeah yeah because you had all the molds at the time oh no what it was is so you no you were wanting to do it and you found me on the rpf and you're like That's hey right. would you sell me some pro- parts and i'm like yeah i like making money and then i saw you were from fucking I'll martinsville like money. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and i'm like just come and like bring 20 resin. minutes away yeah. yeah i'm like well 
40, 40 minutes, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, but I'm like, just bring resin and come use them. I don't care. And here we are. And here we are, friends, doing a podcast. Yay. All because of an alien tracker. Now, for full disclosure, um, because I've built, I've now built seven of those things and like 12 part kits, I think. Nice. And I do believe, so it's, it's the, the whole tracker is based on the Ranger 505 TV yes. from 19, it's like 1976 when they started producing them. And it's by uh, Panasonic. And it has a, a big probe out on the front that's still unidentified. Uh, it's believed to be a cover for an oscilloscope tube. Sure. But they don't know, like nobody's been able to identify which one because they're all the same and there's so many out there. And it has like um, uh, an ice cube tray on the side that's never been identified. Yeah, I think and the ice cube tray came... Um, when I started doing d- deep dives into that, um, I think it's an ice cube tray that comes out of a uh, like a mobile home right. or a camper for a sm- tiny camper fridge. Really? That's what I think. Okay. I don't. That, I mean, it kind of makes sense because it's very small. Yeah. It's super super small, but itty bitty living it, space. Oh yeah, it's super teeny tiny. Well, and it would be a caravan because it's all the whole thing was made in Britain. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. they would have been. It would have come out of a caravan because. That's important somehow, I'm not yeah. sure. But it's got a ton of random stuff all over it and parts of a stereo and, and, and whatnot. But yeah. A gully cover. A gully cover. And there's actually a part, it's believed to be a part of a, um, a variable pitch system for a propeller-driven engine. Because at the time, there was still a whole lot of leftover stuff from World War II. So right. there were still airplane parts all over the place. And well, was Alien made at the, I mean, was it, it was filmed at? Elstree Studios. Elstree, okay. Yeah, yeah. so it's, they were, they were using the same basically the same pile of parts that like star Wars had access to. And they were kind of all made in the same yeah. time period. So they were, they were all pulling from the same pile. So it was a lot, there's a lot of crossover with stuff. I can just imagine them fighting over parts. No, I want this from star Wars. No, I want this for alien. Right. And well, and there's an, another crossover sitting right in, right in front of us, though you cannot see it because of radio. This isn't radio, but, uh, I the, like radio. right. The emergency rate, the emergency helmets, that sat above the pilot seats in the cockpit. It's a very obscure prop that you only see for a few seconds at a time. And I think only two or three times do you see it. That helmet is a part of a high altitude flight suit used by the Royal Air Force. And that flight suit that goes with that helmet is actually the same flight suit that Bosk wore. So. If that's the case though, wasn't that Bosk costume also used in like Doctor Who or something like that? Yep, it was used in the early seasons of Doctor Who, and it's probably something that had been sitting in a prop department somewhere around there for forever. There were not very many of them made, so they probably bought a bunch of them for surplus after the British disposed of them, after the MOD got rid of it. And it's just... Ministry of Defense. That's true. Ministry of Defense, my He speaks jargon. Sorry. And they just... They just got recycled through a whole bunch of stuff because you actually see Bosk's flight suit in the cantina scene. Uh, uh, there's a guy wearing it, and he's it's, it's just gets recycled, much like you know IG11's head is also part of the cantina bar. So they just kept reusing stuff. Yeah. Derwent flamethrowers. Yeah, the Der, the the Derwent flame cans from yeah. a Derwent engine. Uh, was, I think it was off Rolls of Royce. Uh, uh, Rolls Royce Derwent engine. Yeah. yeah, and I believe that was actually out of a. Um, Oh, I can't remember the name of the aircraft anymore that that came from. I'm having a... I'm having Phantom 2? No, no, that's an American aircraft. They oh. had J-79s. Um, I don't know. Goodness gracious. I can see it in my head, but I can't remember the name. You know what? That's not important. No, because we're not talking about No, that. we're talking about Alien, and we're talking about the props from Alien. So, in your opinion, when it comes to props, like hand props used by the actors, what is the most iconic prop of Alien? 
Uh, I mean, it's either going to be the motion tracker or, for me, my favorite probably outside of the motion tracker is the mother key right. that Tom Skerritt uses at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. I, I, would, I would agree with both of those, but I would also add the self-destruct system. Like the self-destruct keys, oh, like yeah. the cylinders that she has to oh, pull yeah, up and yeah, push yeah. down. I think that, that that and then maybe also the flame unit, the incinerator, oh, the flamethrower yeah, yeah. that they had. Which they actually built two of those that were fully functional. Like they were legit flamethrowers. And it was very rare in productions for them to use actual liquid fuel flamethrowers. Uh, Elon Musk must have been involved. I, maybe. I don't know. But it, <laughs> it could be. He's involved in everything else, it seems. But yeah, they, they, they made two fully functional flamethrowers for that movie and actually used them on set, which is, which is huh. kind of cool. And nobody died. That's no one died. Well, they did the same thing with The Thing. Going back to so, the thing. Okay, going back to the thing really quick. Yeah. And I'll bring this up when we watch the movie. Okay. Like, is having flamethrowers a thing that they do in, in Antarctica? So I looked into this because I was curious about this as well. The Russian station actually did have flamethrowers, and it was for uh, ice control. Sure, that makes sense. But they sense. were propane. They were propane flamethrowers, much like you would have with a garden burner. But a liquid fuel military, in this case, I, I believe it's an M7A1 flamethrower. I don't think they would have those. Now I've got this vision of Hank Hill down at the... Right. Uh, we sell these propane, propane uh, flamethrowers for getting rid of aliens. Damn it, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. Oh, goodness. So what else, what else would you... like? Are there any other props you can think of from Alien that you would want to build? Um, I, I'm actually halfway done building the, the key box that Mother's... The key goes into. I don't know if you know the story about the real Mother key. No, tell me. Uh, do you know who Bob Burns is? I do know who Bob Burns Bo- is. So for those of you who do not know who Bob Burns is, Bob Burns uh, is an actor, sci-fi collector, and just kind of weird prop god. Um, Back in the day, if you remember seeing the uh, the 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 big monkey with the space helmet on, like that was Bob Burns in whatever movie that was. And for some reason, Bob Burns started his basement started becoming this repository for um, movie props. So, like when he he had a lot of the uh, the Frankenstein equipment from the original uh, Frankenstein movie. So when they did. Um, that one movie that Gene Wilder did that's to- Doc, uh, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, yeah. Um, so I guess they borrowed pieces from Bob to decorate the set uh, for that. But he ended up with a lot of the original um, alien props, mm-hmm. including the mother key, the, emer- the real emergency helmet, the real motion tracker, the, uh, the cat carrier. And... Uh, People have come and gone and had access to him over the years, but some asshole swiped the real mother key from him. What? Yeah. So, um... Find him and burn him at the stake. Yeah, I'm sure we could probably figure out who it was, because it's a pretty small world. Yeah, it's a fairly small number of people that had access to that, so... And, uh, so somebody somebody remade it, and they did a beautiful job, you know, making a, a replica of the mother key with all of the... The weird bits. If you're not if you're not familiar with what the mother key looks like, you'll have to look it up. Um, but it's it's basically a piece of cast acrylic that just has all kinds of junk inside of it. They laid all of these random little pieces and dials and and gears and diodes and stuff in it. And there's a handle and, uh, and it's a pretty ridiculously yeah. complex prop. It, it for what it for how small it is and how little time it is on screen. And 
It's one of those props, though, that probably took five minutes to make and would take six months to recreate. Right. <laughs> just thrown together, and they're like, that'll do. And then when you try to replicate it, it's just the rest of your life Yeah. to try to sort it out. Yeah. And the guy did a great job who, who recreated that for Bob, but... Um, so. I do know he also has the uh, the filming model of the Sulaco from Aliens oh, nice. in his collection, and uh, there's some photographs on like on his website, which it hasn't been updated in a long time, but it shows some of the stuff he has down in his basement, and it is literally some of the most iconic props in sci-fi history just stacked against the wall. So I've met Bob at Wonderfest several years ago after I built my motion tracker. Mm -hmm. And I took my motion tracker with me because I knew he was going to be there. And I, and I have a photo of he and I together, and he's holding it. And I handed it to him. He's like, where did you get this? And I'm like, I made it. He's like, oh, I thought it was one of the real ones. So I'm like, <laughs> That's a pretty good compliment for yeah, Bob. Yeah, you know, the, the, the hard thing about when you're recreating props is to make them look as crappy as they really do. Yep. Because you, you can idealize them all day long. Like, my Pee Wee Herman bike looks... Nothing like the the bike in real life because it's totally beautiful and pristine, despite the fact it's a hundred percent accurate. I and I didn't realize this when I first started getting into prop making that actual used film props, screen used film props, oftentimes look like absolute garbage yeah. up close. And like when I started replicating them, I was trying to make them perfect. And then when you start to look at them and then when you handle actual screen use props, they go through the ringer yeah. and, and it shows. And at, at, the, at the end of filming, they, they kind of look like garbage. Well, and sometimes they look like garbage before. Oh, yeah. like, like Darth Vader's helmet, for instance. And this is my, my favorite example about movie props is that Darth Vader's helmet was a hand sculpted thing. So the, the left and the right of the face are not perfectly symmetrical mm -hmm. and then when episode three came out and hayden christensen or christian is it christian yeah or, hayden christensen became darth vader it was a perfectly symmetrical helmet and it looks wrong yeah you know so it's that human error it's the brush strokes it's all of the flaws it's the that, artist's touch that you can yeah. see because you know a lot of art is not perfect, right? And and that it adds to it. Well, it's like the stormtroopers are the same way; yeah. they're completely non-symmetrical. Yeah, and you can see the bumps and, yeah. and the plastic. And, and you stuff. can some you can sometimes see where like they're coming apart a little bit, and and they're they're not perfect in it at all. So yeah. so like the uh, the motion tracker, which yeah, is really the only thing I I, I have a, a lot of vested energy into with Alien as far as props go. Like it was, it was hard to make it look as crappy in some ways, and not want to. Like, there's these little pills. I don't know what else to call them. Tic Tacs pills, something. These little greeblies, um, all over the thing. And it would have been really easy to design it and laser cut it and make it look perfect. And but it would have looked wrong. Yeah. Like, the more right I made it look, the wronger it looks. Yeah. The more perfect it becomes the less ideal it is. And, and when I, one of them that I made for a gentleman, uh, he wanted it perfect. He didn't want it weathered in any way, shape or form. He wanted everything perfect and straight and symmetrical and everything. He didn't want it to look like the actual prop. He wanted it, the idealized version, right. which, okay, sure. I'll make that. That's fine. I don't mind that. But it, when I got done with it, I looked at it and I'm like, that doesn't look right, but that's what he wanted. But he was happy with it. Yeah. Right? He was hundred. He was ecstatic about it. And, and it was great. It was a great interaction, and it made it all the way to Switzerland. So, Yay. Uh, yeah, so it, it, 
it was the borders open up i'm going to switzerland next year uh if the, the borders open up i'm gonna be going a lot of places next year yeah. i'm looking forward to it so uh, so going back to the motion tracker which i probably am going to focus no that's why let's do that of this. Yeah. um <laughs> no i i do you know not that he'll hear this and i don't know his real name but uh this all for me it all got started uh by a guy named Birdie on the RPF. Mm-hmm. Like, he made the very first one of these. And then from there, I built mine, and I think it's safe to say I improved on what he did. He did an amazing job. And then you improved upon what I've done. And it's funny because, like, like Birdie was the one that identified that it was a gully cover and that it was the Panasonic uh, uh, stereo thing. Thing. What is the, it? The, the QX747 or yeah. 949, uh, the little scope that comes yeah. out of it, yeah. But then it was me that figured out that the little, uh, there's little, I don't know, what would you, pegs all over the top, and those are the push buttons the push from buttons the same off of stereo. It, yeah, from that stereo so. component, yeah. It's a quadraphonic receiver. I know because I had to hunt one down and buy one. Yeah, yeah. but like you figured out that it was the uh, the headphone. Yeah, the headphone is the... Uh, so there's a wire connection from that scope coming down to the front of the tracker. And it's actually the headphone that comes with the TV. And I found it by accident because I, I happened to open the side of the TV while I was disassembling one, and there was that headphone. And it was that moment of like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think of any of the... I probably bought five five of these st- uh, TVs, and I don't think any of them ever came with the headphones. Yeah, I've, I've, I've bought... Oh, God, I don't even... This is embarrassing. I've bought nine of those TVs, and uh, I have two left right now. And one of them is getting built up for, um, if anybody is in cosplay at all, for Evil Ted. And then uh, Evil Ted Smith, he's really big in the cosplay community and EVA yeah. foam stuff. And then the other one is um, going to be headed down to a guy in uh, New Zealand as a kit, and then I'll be done. Oh, cool. with them. And then I'll be—I'm not making any more of these damn things. No, after you're going gonna to redo mine though, right? I'm redoing yours. Oh, yeah, okay. yours is actually—I uh, have all the parts attached now. Yeah. And I just have to go through and repaint it, and then I'm waiting on our mutual friend Steve has, is has a line to get some really high-end decals for us. Uh, That'll be exciting. So that we can have like proper good markings on it, which would be nice. And then, yeah, it's. They're, they're ridiculous. And out of all of those that I've purchased, only two of them ever had headphones in them. Oh, nice. Because they were discarded. They're, they were garbage even then. And they, people would pull them out, use them once, and then throw it away. Or lose them. Or lose them, which would be also super easy to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, 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 was my, that is so far my one part discovery uh, in props of identifying a part. I remember back in the day when... when you know, if you're familiar with Obi-Wan's lightsaber from the original... Star Wars. Um, it's really just a series of, of small <laughs> pieces all put together. And it was funny, you know, seeing what people thought were the parts for that. So, like, the top half of the grip is this, uh, or the handle or hilt or whatever, is this, this piece that it, it looks like little chunks, kind of like a pineapple. I don't know how to explain it. Um, but Everybody thought that was a uh, a grip for a motorcycle handle when it turned out to be it's, a grenade. Yeah, it's a it's a British, I think a number 1 Mark 3 rifle grenade yeah. from World War 1 and they're extremely rare. Yeah. And, and then another one part is a cog out of a machine gun and then the 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 very end of the of the of it is a uh, the, the another part out of that Derwent engine. Yeah. 
and then the back end of it is the uh, a sink handle. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I I love seeing a list or just like a breakdown of parts of some of these props, particularly from that period. And you realize like they they were in an army surplus store and a hardware store. Right. And and everything came from there. So one day I'll have a story for you, because I have to make this happen. But I. I have it on good authority that I know of a, a, a hostel somewhere in the United Kingdom, which I will not disclose, that has those faucet handles. And so my buddy and I have a plan to stay the night in a couple of different rooms and replace faucet Just handles. Just replace faucet handles. <laughs> I think if we got two rooms, I could probably pay for the whole trip by... Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, without a doubt. What you need to do is you need to bring a third person and get a third room. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just throwing I know, that I, out there. I hear you. Just throwing that out there. I know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's one of these days. They'll have brand new handles. Right. I, nobody would complain. Nobody would notice. But, yeah. Well, somebody would notice, but yeah. like, who's going to be like, oh, somebody nicked our faucet handles and replaced them with nice new ones. Like, huh. that's weird. I, we have the strangest guests. What, what's, what the hell? Well, fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to land... At random place in the United Kingdom and go to the hardware store and, and buy, buy some, some brand new ones. Yep, and yeah. take a drive up there. There you go. That sounds like, that sounds like a, a good vacation plan. <laughs> England's nice anyway, so ah, I'd yes, be I willing to go there 100%. But we'll, we, uh, we'll stop by salvage places when we're driving around and just look for faucet handles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and of course, you know, those things go back to the 1970s at this stage, so a lot of them are just gone. Yeah. And, and they're... You know, they're, they're in a bottom of a landfill somewhere completely deteriorated or have been turned into something else at this stage. So there are very few left. So that's why the price goes up. But yep. stuff from the 1970s is uh, a lot of props from that period is all you can look back and see all of the World War II parts that are that are in there. And as somebody who collected military for years, that stuff is not easily identifiable, more readily identifiable for, uh, for me. And it makes it easier for me to find it because I have a lot of connections in that world. So... But I have noticed that if you go to a military show, which I go to pretty regularly, when they happened back in the before times, if they found out that you were a prop collector or a prop maker, price would go up. So they hate you. <laughs> same with uh, camera people. Oh, no doubt. Um, you know, the for those of you who don't know, the three of you, uh, the uh, Luke's lightsaber handle was made off of a, a graphics graphlex press camera so like imagine jimmy olsen taking photos and you know pushing the camera and, going, Poof, and you know like, it's got the big handle on the side yeah. with a huge flash bulb on the end and, and so yeah. they just took some uh some some trim and put it on there as a grip and voila um and they used to throw these things away and sell them for five bucks each and and then star wars fans figured out that that's what luke's lightsaber handle was made out of and then camera collectors just got all up in arms because people were destroying these things that they were throwing away. Yeah. And they were charging a shit ton for them. I mean, and still today, they're five, six, seven hundred dollars Yeah, they're not cheap if you find one. Um, and so I got my first one. I pulled it out of a junk drawer in my high school uh, 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 photography club. <laughs> and I'm like, can I have this? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. And I'm like, awesome. And <laughs> Win. So I ended up having to sell it. I, I sold it. I was 16 years old. I sold it to buy ga pay for gas money to get to my dad's funeral and stuff. Like, uh -oh. crazy shit. Um, and years later, after looking, I found one in a camera store. And I walked in, and I'm like, look in, and I'm like, 
oh my god, you have a Graflex. You know, and he's like, you know what that is? I'm like, yeah, my grandfather has a press camera, but it's missing the, the handle. I've been looking for one of these for him for years. And he's like, well, it's $50. And I'm like, okay. He's like, do you need bulbs? I'm like, that would be awesome. Because <laughs> if you'd said, no, it's for a, a prop, it would have right. been $500. Oh, he'd have just thrown me out. Yeah, to just get the hell out of my store. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's how I have my uh, genuine Graflex. Uh, I, I, so, a bit of a side story here, but similar vein. Um, Captain America, the first Avenger, yeah. when he's still in World War II. I, like I said, I've been a military collector for years, so I have a lot of stuff laying around. And I had an old World War II helmet and a World War II M1C jump liner uh, used by paratroopers and the same goggles, ANH, uh, what is it, 6530s, I think is the number. The same parts used to make his helmet for the movie when he's wearing the helmet that he pulls off the shelf and puts goggles on it. It's that same parts. It's an M1C jump helmet with goggles on it. And I had these parts laying around and the helmet was rusty and I didn't really know what to do with them. So I repainted it to look like Captain America's helmet. All I did was paint it. That was the only change made. Everything else is exactly the same. So all I'd have to do is repaint it and it's back to World War II standard. I got yelled at by so many military collectors or people who said they were like, you destroyed that piece of equipment. Like, no, I gave it a new life. Right. And it's now on display and it's something that can be shared with people. And it's also weirdly more accurate than the screen use prop. <laughs> and it's not like a little bit of turpentine couldn't change yeah, it. Yeah, all know. I got to do is take some paint stripper to it and repaint it and it's back to original standards. So it's, it's preserving something that otherwise was just sitting in a box. Yeah. So, and it's no longer rusting. It's been cared for. But yeah, do people, some people, groups of people, tend to get up in arms big time about things that aren't that important, really. Like, they get mad at for you using things in a way yeah. that, are, that they feel are not intended. I was trying to think if there's anything, like, in my life that I would be so overprotective of that, like, if it got repurposed to be something else. And I, I, I don't know. I can't think of anything. I mean... No, I can't think of anything either. I mean... There's not really anything that important. You know, material objects right. really aren't that important. So it's yeah. like we're sitting in your shop and we're surrounded by amazing, beautiful props. Oh, well, thank you. But they're just, I mean, in the end of the day, they're just things. So Yeah, I like them, though. I, oh, like, I like them, too. This is like uh, whatever smog lived in that cave. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm, is, that's it. No, I, we, we say all this like, oh, they're not that important, blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm the same way. I have my own little smog cave. Uh, at my house that's filled with stuff that I cherish that I've built yeah. or have been given or purchased whatever and yeah I really wouldn't want to give them up no. so just just forget all that stuff we said about them being just things no we really are yeah. obsessive about I, it I do like my things a lot. I like my things too so Makes, I'm, now I'm looking around and I'm looking at my flash helmet so my flash helmet oh be, yeah sitting on on the Terminator head the tr- it had to go somewhere <laughs> so it's kind of fun and then is that is that what is the hat next to it oh that's uh uh, from Breaking Bad. Oh, no. Yeah. I wish I'd known you had that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So I, brought that, I bought that from the candy lady. She had Oh, the candy shopping. lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So if you guys aren't familiar with uh, this little uh, thing called TikTok, um, <laughs> Mike is doing this whole thing called Props to History, which it, it sound, it, I, love how, I love how that's worded, by the way. It's like yeah. props to history. Yeah. As, to, as opposed to props to history. Yeah, like, you could oh. go either. You go both ways with it. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, it's uh, it's kind of been amazing watching people follow you and watch these videos that you're doing. I'm really surprised by it. I, I started it seven days ago. And what is the date today for people so that they know? 31st? It is the 30th of January today. So I started this seven days ago on TikTok. It was suggested to me that I do it because why not? And I thought to myself at first, like, I'm too old for TikTok, you know, that's for, for younger people. Sure. So I got on there and I started making, you, you can only make a one minute video. And I started making these one minute videos about the props in my collection and the history behind them, what they're made from, and if they have a connection to real history, what that connection is. And it sort of, sort of exploded in the last seven days, I've gone from zero followers to 15,000 followers. And um, it's, I've gotten contacted from all kinds of people. Uh, it's, it's gotten silly is what it is. And it's, it's driven a lot of people to this podcast too. So if you are listening to this podcast, I just turned my phone on. I'm sorry, that's what that noise is in the background. I'm a giant jerk. Um, oh, my God. oh, excuse I me. Quit. It, it's, <laughs> you quit. It's actually 16,000 followers now. But, yeah, I was um, going to say it was 15,800 when we started yeah, this podcast. Yeah, it's 16,000 now. Um, if you are from TikTok, if you came here from TikTok, thank you for showing up and listening to <laughs> Greg and I prattle on about nonsense because <laughs> this is pretty much what we do every time. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's been fun, and uh, it's driven a lot of con like folks to my YouTube channel I, and Instagram. And I really... Too. I hate to say that I really like it. Like I like that you're doing these little like, you know, one minute, you know, things about a random prop. I don't know. It's just super cool. Yeah, and I and I, and and we were talking a little bit earlier, so I'm gonna actually start using the props in his shop too. And uh, if there's any prop collectors out there that listen to this and want to let me use their stuff, send me send me a contact on uh, at Mike's Tiny Shop, uh, Mike's Tiny Shop at Gmail com, and. Uh, I'd totally love to, to just use whatever random props to make these videos with because it's been a lot of fun. So I'm not making any money at it, but I don't care. I should, uh, I need to introduce you to my friend Mark Scheidler. He lives up north and he's got a pretty big prop collection. Yeah, there. no, I'd love that. I, I just, I love the, that it's, it's drawing people to this podcast, but it's also teaching people things that they would have otherwise never found out about. Yeah. Because a lot of this knowledge is just sort of kept within the prop community because in reality, there's not a whole lot of people that think about it otherwise. I don't think people think to care. Yeah. You know, like, oh. They, they don't realize they wanted to know that information until they hear it. Yeah. And if it comes with an interesting story and if it comes with some connection to the real world, and in a lot of cases, things these things do, you know, it, it, it's interesting to people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you, you, I think you hit the, the nail right on the head when you said the connection to the real world, because I think for me, that's why I even collect or build props. It's like it's, it's having this tangible uh, connection to the film and getting to bring the film into my real world and you know like I, I'm looking around and, and seeing things in my shop and some things I've built and some things I've collected but um, like for me it just takes me to that moment in the film or the TV show or whatever that I just absolutely get to connect with and uh, yeah. I don't know and and so for like you know you did a, a thing on the uh, on the the crystal meth from Breaking Bad, right. which I gave you because I went to Albuquerque, New Mexico two years ago, and we, we took the car through the car wash, <laughs> and we went to, um, to his house and took photos. Oh, wow. And then we went and tracked down the candy lady, and we bought the—I bought a big bag of uh, the rock candy— and then I ordered a bunch of little smaller baggies and divided it up so I could like give it away as like right, little things. Yeah. And For those who don't know, the Candy Lady is a store in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who made 
all of the blue sky crystal meth for at least the first and second seasons is all I could confirm of Breaking Bad. I don't know if they just continue to use what they already had or if she was continuing to make it for the rest of the series. I don't know. I couldn't confirm that 100%, so I don't want to say. Mm. But yeah. You could probably call her and ask her. I probably could, honestly. Uh, but I didn't think to before I did TikTok. Because TikTok is live now. It's really not. <laughs> it's just a fun thing we'll to do. We'll have to dig out my uh, ET communicator. Oh, yeah. To do Absolutely. TikTok. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'm going to spend the next like three or four weeks at your house. No, that's fine. Doing I'll videos. give you a key. Okay. So, <laughs> That's where we're at. Give me the key and the alarm code. Cool. I'll dig it. I'll oh, dig wait. it. You're going to need a... Uh, do we have to use my eyeball for the biometric scanner? Or I wonder if you can add... I mean... We'll just make a casting. Okay. Yeah, That'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. That'll be fine. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Alien. Yes, Alien. <laughs> so, one of the, I think probably one of the most impressive props from that, not just beyond the filming model of the Nostromo, which the filming model for the Nostromo was enormous. It was seven feet long, and when production was done, it ended up in the driveway of Bob Burns. That's funny. <laughs> under a, uh, a tarp for nearly 20 years. And then somebody, I, I, I can't remember how he acquired it. I want to say he bought it for nothing from them. Like, it was just chump changed, or they just gave it to him. But it was, it was purchased by the prop store, and then they restored it, and it, it was auctioned off for some astronomical amount not sure. too long ago. But the spacesuits that they wear the environment suits that they have. I love that they made child-sized versions of those for Ridley Scott's kids to wear them in faraway shots. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And even, like, there's a, they made a laser pistol for the movie that never got shown on screen. And they actually made a miniature version of that, too, for the kids playing the, the, uh, the three that went into the ship, the yeah. derelict to shoot at distance and it's, it's actually just made from a little air gun and a bolt and a piece of wood that's funny <laughs> yeah I used to know the name of the, the air gun that it's from I see them on eBay occasionally but they always go for huge amounts of money but yeah they, they made there were there were props that were never seen but still do exist and then there's a lot of stuff still unidentified from that movie of course but yeah it's cool yeah I mean I don't think we can talk about the movie without talking about Geiger's influence and the oh, alien itself yeah so H.R. Geiger, or I've heard it pronounced Giger, Giger as well. Yeah. Um, that man had the craziest art style. And there was a whole lot of, uh, it, was, it was very, uh, I don't know what the right word is to describe it. It was, it was crazy artwork. There is a bar, and I cannot remember where it is at, that was designed by him. And all of the furniture, the walls, everything looks like alien like you would associate with now that is this style. in germany no I, it's in one of the northern european countries and i from wherever he's from and i cannot remember where that's at mm. for the life of me clearly i did my research sure uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the actor that played the alien whose name escapes me as well and i could just get on my phone and look it up um he i believe he was an intern and they were like hey you're tall enough to wear this put this suit on <laughs> and there's pictures of him during production just absolutely dying because of how overheated he was inside that suit. And the actors that wore those environment suits, those big bulky environment suits that were made from like hockey pads and enormous amounts of fabric. The gloves are hockey gloves. Right. They were roasting inside those things. And when you see him walking around and there's fog all over the inside of the, uh, the helmet, that's not an effect. That's them sweating their life away inside that thing. They were absolutely miserable during production. Would you like to make a movie and lose 20 pounds? Right. <laughs> I believe, uh, I want to say Tom Skerritt uh, 
it was, I believe it was Tom Skerritt nearly passed out numerous times because of overheating in those things. And you know, Ridley Scott didn't care. Ridley Scott was like, no, do it. Stay in him. You got to stay in him. We don't care. Just do it. I love Tom Skerritt. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. He's like my, 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 uh, if, uh, if, if there are space dads, he would be my, uh, my fighter pilot dad. Like, <laughs> My favorite character from that entire movie is is Yafet Kato's character. Yeah, because he's all the time bonus situation, bonus, <laughs> bonus situation. He's just like he sounds exactly like a maintenance guy, because he's just like money, pay me money, pay me, <laughs> and I love it. He's the first episode of The Expanse. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, <laughs> Yafet Kato was awesome. Uh he passed away a couple years ago, right? He's been gone for a little while now. Henry Dean Stanton passed away a little while ago. And of course, Ian Holm yeah. and John Hurt. And um, I think Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, and is Veronica? Yeah, Veronica's She's still, still alive. Yeah, they're still around, but yeah. It's funny. I So I'm a huge autograph collector, and I don't have anything from Alien, though I've met Yafit. I've met Veronica. Um, I don't think I've met Henry... Um, I've met a, I know I haven't met Sigourney Weaver, but I'm dying to meet Tom Skerritt. So does he do cons? He did one or two, but I desperately need him to sign my space camp movie poster Mm -hmm. and I need to finish my uh, Viper helmet. So I I need to to do uh, a correction here. Yafet Kato has not passed away. Oh, is he still alive? Yafet Kato is apparently still alive. According to Wikipedia, he's still alive. So. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, For absolutely. For some reason, I thought he had passed. I don't, I don't know why. I thought he had too. Huh. That's weird. Why but, didn't they have him on The Expanse? I know. Why has he not been on The Expanse? So, that series is amazing. Don't forget, I have an autograph for you. Oh, yeah. Because oh. Greg is amazing. Um, yeah, no. Yafet, also, Yafet Kato has like the coolest name of any actor yeah. uh, besides Sidney Poitier. Like, his name is just nice to say. <laughs> I don't know. I'm partial to uh, René Aubergenois. Yeah. Ren- ah, he just passed away, too, yeah. didn't he? Damn it. Uh, the original uh, uh, pastor from MASH. Yeah. Dago Red. Yeah, and also Odo. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's most known for. Although it's funny, like, you know, I didn't realize that his, his character's name in uh, MASH was a slur until... Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah. His, it, yeah, it's... It, it's it's Dago Red, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which, which is, of course, a slur against Italians. Yeah, and, yeah. But so apologies to. Yeah, yeah. It, so not intentional. It's, it's just it's the name they gave him, not us. So, but uh, I do have his uh, autograph on my Mash movie poster. Well, that's cool. I have where is it? It's up here. I have him and Sally Kellerman and Elliot Gould and was Sally Kellerman was that Hot Lips? Yeah, Hot Lips Hula. And um, uh, I think uh, Robert Duvall. Oh, uh, Robert Duvall. I'll watch any movie he's in. Yeah. I don't even care what it is. I'll watch it. If it's Robert Duvall staring at a wall for two hours, I'll still watch it. Secondhand Lions, man. Oh, that movie is All so good. Long. Yeah, that movie is so good. That line, my name is Hub McCann. I fought in two wars, two world wars. <laughs> that, that, that like chills up I've my spine. I've loved one woman. Yeah. I've won and lost a dozen fortunes and loved one woman with a passion to flee like you would never understand. That <laughs> scene is so good. And then he proceeds to beat the dog shit out of all of them. <laughs> I love that movie. They dad smiling. <laughs> there wasn't it that they they bought an airplane and like <laughs> flew, flew, into flew, the to, bar. flew into a barn and that's how they died. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that movie's so good. Who you was know. it that played his brother? Uh, that was Michael Caine. That was yes, yeah, Sir and Michael if, Caine. You know how to say his name? It's 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 if you say my cocaine. Yeah, my cocaine. Hello, my name is Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. 
This is this podcast started about alien, and here we are talking about Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> Hello, Master Wayne. I'm Ma- Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> Brilliant. You start saying Michael Caine, and then you can just talk like that for the rest of your life. You know what? As well, you should, you should just stick with that. Just go with that accent for the rest of your life. I'm just going to be Michael Caine. I'm sure that if there's anyone from Britain listening, their ears are bleeding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like uh, what was it? Cary Grant. Everybody's like Judy, Judy, Judy. Yeah, because he never said that. But if you say Judy, 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 it sounds like Cary Grant. So in a way, yeah, I guess it does. I never thought about that. But he never said that. Never said that. So. Nah, that's okay. Oh, so any thoughts on Alien 1979? Anything um, else that you would like to to, to bring up? No. Perhaps maybe the fact that it's the first sci-fi film ever to have a cat carrier in it. It's maybe the only movie ever have a cat character, right? <laughs> because of the cat. Yeah. What was no. the cat's name? I don't remember. I don't remember either. And it was an orange tabby. We suck at research. Yeah, they were the worst. We don't research anything. We just come and talk. Our PA is fired. <laughs> right? Who is our PA? Oh, we don't have one. <laughs> we need one. We need a PA. We need a, a, a producer. Yeah, because we're bad at that, too. And we, we also need sponsorship from uh, the Prop Store of London. Yeah, that'd be great. You know what? I would, I would, I would even take Profiles in History. Yeah. yeah that would be great, too. Uh, so if you guys want to sponsor us, we'd be all about that. Yeah. But Stephen Lane at Prop Store of London, I'm talking to you, and, and Brandon Allinger. So, Steve- you know, I'm just going to add him in these. When I post them online, I'm just going to add the both of them because I'm friends with both of them on Facebook. Yeah. So, so I've actually been to the prop store in London. Well, we were it's beautiful. Well, I'll bet oh, we were God. we were planning on going out to uh, Valencia, California, to uh, go to Prop Store, California, and so, so I've been doing this so long that I remember when Brandon Allinger was just a s- young kid that whose like parents kind of like said, "Okay, you want to follow this dream," and he. He was one of the the early people that went to Tunisia and and visited like where brought back stuff from they, the yeah set brought back and stuff and like now he's like he's he's the guy, the guy. Yeah. yeah like everybody knows those people for like folks just getting into prop collecting they know the prop store yeah and like that is a name that kicks up a lot it, you know it's interesting like thinking about like how long I've been doing this and I I, I sell some of my pieces every once in a while because. My my needs, wants, desires change, and I don't need everything. Right. And there's only so much room. And people will be like, well, do you have a COA with this, a certificate of authenticity? I'm like, no, because I got it from this dude. And they're like, well, that doesn't tell me anything. I'm like, that should tell you everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's some folks in the prop community that are like, if I get it from this guy, it's solid. Yeah. You know, and... And I know some people that associate all, we've talked about this before, that associate all the value of a prop with that koa. And it's not. It's If you can verify the history, you don't necessarily need the koa. Right. Like if I get some, like in some miraculous world uh, where I would get a prop directly from Bob Burns. Yeah. Like who's going to. Like I got this from Bob Burns. That's all you need to know about it. Although if he gives you the mother key, that's. That's, that's, that's not real. That's, that's not real. real. Yeah. But everything else right, probably. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> like if. It, by some miracle, I were yeah. to like get the original tracker yeah. from Bob Burns. Like this came from Bob Burns's collection. Right. This is the original screen used one. In fact, the only one left. I think so. It made four for production that I'm aware of. And they're all a little bit different. Every single one of them is different. Yeah. Because they they've just mashed them together. You know, this like a lot of props. They're just like, well, it needs to look right. That looks good. Done. And then yeah, out I'm the sure door. nobody thought that. You know, here here we are, nearly 
you know, 45 40 something years yeah. later that anybody would be nitpicking the placement of a gully cover and, um, Oh yeah. No, then people do. And yeah. I did when I built all of them. Cause sure. I was always like, where does this sit? you know, studying the few close up shots that exist of it until I started, you know, like Steve has some amazing close up shots. Of right. It, so, yeah, but those are photos of Bob's. Yeah. Steve is a friend of ours, uh, who, does a lot of prop work and I don't know if he wants his name mentioned. So friend of the show. He's definitely a friend of the show. So Steve, if you ever listen to this, you're a friend of the show. Dunskis. So is there anything that you would like to add? No, I, I, uh, I mean, we could ramble for hours, but yeah, we're going to once we stop recording anyway. So it's not a big deal. uh, No, I'm uh, the, yeah, I got nothing. Okay. Is there uh, any any social medias that you'd like to promote? Promote? Uh, you know, uh, follow uh, Mike here's TikTok. What is it? Mike's Tiny Shop. It, it's at Props to History. At Props to History. At Props to History on TikTok. Uh, Mike's Tiny Shop on, at Mike's Tiny Shop on uh, Instagram forward slash Makes Things on Facebook and uh, YouTube.com forward slash Mike's Tiny Shop. Also. Check out the podcast at youtube.com, or excuse me, the instagram.com forward slash prop history podcast on Twitter at history prop. And uh, just really just type in prop history podcast and we'll come up. I guarantee it on Facebook. And check out our non official sponsors that they don't know that uh, they're sponsoring yeah, us yet at Prop Store of London. Yeah, our future sponsors, prop store, <laughs> propstore.com, thepropstore.com. Uh, or just type in prop store into your Google search and you can see our future sponsors. <laughs> I'm sure that they will never sponsor us because of this. I don't know, man. It's like famous people do this all the time. You know, why can't we? Right. We're not famous yet. You know, Selena Gomez can go on the, you know, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever and talk about Pepsi and all of a sudden she's doing Pepsi commercials. There you go. I'm totally made up those three things. So none of that's true. I don't know if any of that's true, (laughs) but I hear that famous people do that all the time. I'm just hoping that we're cool enough that, uh, Oh yeah, we're not, but you know, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. So, Thank you for listening. This has been the Prop History Podcast. Uh, uh, every two weeks, we'll come out with a new episode. So uh, we haven't even decided what the next one will be. But yeah, we'll so, get there. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're listening and, and giving feedback and would like to hear something, uh, even if it's something that we, we're not particularly knowledgeable out, we'll take a deep dive and see what we can come up with. For yeah, you. but we won't research it correctly, so... <laughs> No, we'll get things we'll right. We'll do a little bit. I yeah, mean, we'll do a little bit. We're not going to lie to you. No, it. no. Everything we say is true, uh, except for the thing about Selena Gomez and the Pepsi. That that was not true. But I mean, it may be. Yeah. I mean, if not, Pepsi, get on this. Yeah, sort it out. <laughs> sort it out, Pepsi. <laughs> Make this happen. Right. All right. So I'll, now I'll do the outro again. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Prop History Podcast.